0: what's up y'all it is the most wonderful time of the year and no i'm not talking about the holiday season i'm talking about football season baby more specifically college football season is finally back along the front range i'm telling you guys nobody are bigger football fans than my friends mike and virginia chevalier of chevalier mortgage Visit them at dnbrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. More importantly, set up a free consultation to discuss all your options, that's dnbrmortgage.com. If you are wondering if the rates are really as good as what you are hearing right now, I'm telling you, they are incredible. You've got to call them because they can save you hundreds of dollars a month and thousands of dollars over the life of a loan. Who doesn't want to save thousands of dollars? Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike in Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. But look, refinancing is not right for everyone. Mike in Virginia will run a quick analysis and honestly let you know whether refinancing might be right for you. Call Mike directly at 970 412 2472. That's 970 412 2472 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. All right, we've got a special guest, a good friend of the program, Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Coloradoan. Kevin, it's been a late couple of nights. Mountain West football is back. Do you have enough caffeine to survive?
1: Catching up on the sleep schedule this morning, that's for sure. But uh, it is fun. Uh, I think you mentioned it on Twitter last night. It's kind of cool. I, I sort of am liking the Thursday, Friday, Saturday schedule because you can see more games You know, when everything in the conference is boxed into one day. Especially if you're covering one, you can't really see them. So, so it is nice to do that. Um, it, was, it was pretty interesting watching. Hawaii-Wyoming Friday night, especially considering Wyoming is coming up next.
0: Yeah, man, that Pokes team looked pretty good. One of the things that I've noticed, at least in these first couple of weeks, is I really like the the production quality on these FS1 broadcasts compared to, you know, and, and I'm not trying to like dog CBS Sports or anything, but it, it seems like the Mountain West finally has like a legit TV
1: deal. Yeah, no, I think early signs are good. Um, it'll be interesting when When a game gets to either the big CBS or big Fox, uh, especially big Fox, see how that's treated. Um, Obviously, I'm sure that will be Boise. You would think that'll be Boise whenever that does happen. But yeah, I think early sign's pretty good. Um, The game times are slightly better. I mean, with 8 o'clock being the latest mountain time kickoff, it's a lot better than, you know, the 8.30s that slide to 8.45. So um, that's improvement as well. So. Early on, I think it's decent, especially I was talking to some folks last night. You know, they're kind of grumbling about the Thursday games, but also saying, eh, on the one hand, especially this year, fans aren't going. It gives you something to watch on Thursday night. Like, yeah, I get if if you're trying to go to a game on Thursday night, that gets a little difficult, you know, if you have a family and kids in school and all that. But but this year, at least Thursday night, like, why not? It gives gives everyone something to watch other than a bad NFL game.
0: Exactly. I'm not... And- I mean, I end up watching NFL Thursday Night Football when there's nothing else on, anyways. So I'm not Don't throwing stones by any means, but hey, why not? Let's watch football basically every day now. Friday through Sunday, we got Monday. Yeah, I guess we'll we should session. have Tuesdays off just so huh. we have other interests. But yeah,
1: once it. the once the Mac gets going, they have all their their Wednesdays. So we are pretty close to uh, every day of the week.
0: What a time to be alive. <laughs> this whole football season's been so weird. But, you know, obviously, I had to get you on because, you know, CSU first football game in 335 days. And, well, it was about as deflating of a performance as you could possibly have. You know, what, what have your mentions been like, you know, are, are people hitting the panic button? Are, are you already getting the fire Adazio tweets?
1: Yeah, so I it was really intriguing to watch because all day Thursday it was a lot of excitement, more than I think I I anticipated, because you know, there's been a lot of I don't want to call it apathy, but you combine, you know, the hire was, you know, sort of lukewarm reception, and then just the weirdness of the season, you know, it's it's so late in the year. I thought there would be a lot of people that are just like, you know, whatever. But come Thursday, Thursday afternoon, a lot of people were really excited. And kind of the idea was just like I don't even care what happens. I'm just excited to see football and CSU football. And that changed real quick. Um, (laughs) By halftime, it was, oh my gosh, what is happening? By the end of the game, it was, uh, let's see, by the end of the game, I had received tweets with pictures of liquor bottles. I had received tweets asking what Adazio's buyout is. I had (laughs) uh, received tweets saying, thank God I didn't watch it. Um. So yeah, it, it it escalated quickly to use one of my favorite movies, um, and it was it was really fascinating to see that side of things. Obviously, I you know we all understand Twitter is a kind of loud, but not necessarily the majority of Rams fans. But the ones that are on there are vocal, are you know very passionate, very big time Rams fans. You know, it's not like a bunch of you know I'll watch if it's convenient type of people. So to see the I guess just disappointment, not even in losing, I think. I think everyone would have accepted a loss, you know, in a, in ways. But just the way, it, you know, frankly, it looked like 2019, it looked like 2018. I think that was the most devastating thing for CSU fans is new coaching staff, you know, a lot of new players. But for CSU fans, it sure felt familiar.
0: I think that's, I think that's basically, you know, a really perfect way to describe it. Nicholas Toffelmeyer, the the guy that runs the Daily Adam Thistlewood, he tweeted at me, you know, basically the same thing. We were all excited. CSU was favorites, you know. We should have saw this coming. Like honestly, after the last couple of years, you know, Ram fans probably should have known that the deflating night was coming. But that's you know what being a fan is all about. You keep holding out hope that they're going to turn it around. I will say, you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want this podcast to become you know, let's. Throw the whole loss on on Todd Senteo or anything like that because both of us wrote that's not the case. But both of us really didn't understand that quarterback decision and and how it was kind of managed throughout that game. I read your column. Uh, anybody that's listening, I highly recommend you go check it out. Kevin really explained it well. You know, in in your opinion, why why should they have started Patrick in that game?
1: Yeah, and we discussed this some um, you know kind of offline, so to speak, before the game of. You know, it's a new coaching staff. All, everything's new. Everything's so weird. You start Patrick O'Brien, the guy who he certainly has his faults. You know, he can be a little reckless with ball at times, is, you know, is kind of a freelancer. Yes. But he, I mean, he, the guy threw for almost 3,000 yards last year, had some huge games, including at Fresno State in a win. And so my thought was you just start the incumbent. Um, worst case scenario is, uh, and, and then let me backtrack. You know, some of Adazio's reasoning for Senteo was they're missing weapons. Obviously, Warren is gone. Dante Wright and Ty McCulloch were out because of COVID tracing. Um, So he was saying, well, without weapons, we need the run game. I'm sitting there thinking, you want your new quarterback making his first career start to have no weapons? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. But if you start O'Brien in that situation, and let's say he has a bad game, I think people can shrug it off and say, you know, Hey, new coaching staff, new system, all his guys were out. Like, I get it. There's a reason why that happened, but now you did it with Centeo and put him in a really bad spot and you could see what happened. Fresno early on couldn't handle, um, you know, his rushing ability, but then they pretty quickly realized that the pass was not a threat. And so just threw everything at stopping Centeo running. And they did, you know, he had, what oh, he was in the mid 70s, pretty early in the first half, and then you know, never got to 100 yards rushing. They were just too one dimensional for figured out early. I say Patrick O'Brien is downfield throwing, he, like they still have Trey McBride, they still, you know, Nate Craig Myers is not a bad player. Um, it's not like the cupboard's completely bare of playmakers and just the ability to stretch the field. And also, Patrick O'Brien, he's not a runner, don't get me wrong, but. He's mobile enough that you could do some things with the quarterback to open up the defense on the the run side. I mean, he can do those every now and then. So it just didn't make sense to me. And then further, even if you go with Todd, when you go down thirty-one ten and the later in the third quarter, why are you not immediately then you have to go to O'Brien because you know you don't have time to just methodically run the ball to get back. So I thought when they did go O'Brien, that was way too late as well um and yeah you know i'm sure the coaches are sitting there grumbling saying it's easy for us to to Monday morning quarterback um i think we had a lot of these same wonders and worries you know during the game and pregame as well it, it it just didn't make sense to me and and my thing is i think you've kind of put two quarterbacks in a really bad spot in one game well yeah
0: because I mean, and and I kind of tried to ask Adazio about this in camp and he never really gave me the answer that I was looking for, but essentially it was, do you think that switching back and forth, depending on how you do this rotation can hurt the psyche of either guy? And he essentially was, you know, going back to the old coach speak of, you know, competition in every position, you know, we don't want guys getting content and all that. And I I get all of that. But, you know, like you're saying now, now you have a situation where Senteo's confidence has to be shook. All of the fans turned on him immediately. I mean, his his social media is private now. I don't blame the kid just looking at what Twitter was like on on Thursday night. And now you have O'Brien who came in down 28, probably pissed off. I would have been pissed off at that point. Why even put me in if you're going to put me in at that point? I almost wonder if O'Brien got sat snaps simply because Adazio didn't want to have to answer the questions, why didn't you put him in?
1: Yeah, I don't know. And I was um, someone asked me about this, you know, um, Steve Adazio postgame said, um, I think Kelly, my colleague Kelly Lyle had asked, um, you know, moving forward, if that meant Todd is the number one or what. And, and Adazio basically said, I don't make decisions based on season. I make them based on game, which that was kind of a very weird comment. I, I don't know if maybe he kind of his message, he misspoke a little bit with you know just the energy of a game. Because that makes, like, I do get, obviously, some games are different than others, but you have to manage a season. Like, that's, yeah, I mean, that's literally, literally the job. So to think that the ramifications from one game's decision don't affect other games, um, I can't imagine he thinks that. Like I say, probably just miss, can misspoke a little bit, but that was a very weird statement to me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just didn't get in, you know, I think as Trey McBride said, kind of what you expect that Patrick was a, you know, a good soldier and, you know, cheerleader, so to speak, on the sidelines. But I think it's incredibly naive to think that Patrick O'Brien is not very upset about that decision.
0: Well, I mean, you know, the guy's second team all-conference, like you said, went off against Fresno State last year. Things change, you know, you're not playing the same defense, but especially with the results, I think Patrick now is probably like, well, uh, you know, could have could have gone with old Patty there. But I, uh, I'm i curious, you know, we we talk so much about The, the running game and and the lack of weapons at wide receiver. And I do think that did go into the, into the decision to, to start Santeo. And I'm not trying to like, it makes sense to me. I get where he's coming from. I just, I don't know. It just, it seems like they were way too worried about the lack of wide receivers. I mean, even looking at some of the wide receiving cores across the, across the conference, you put Nate Craig Myers and some of those other dudes, they probably square up pretty well with, you know, Wyoming, San Jose state, some of these, it's not like they had nothing.
1: Yeah. And like I say, it just, the more I was thinking about, I'm saying, wait, so your reasoning for starting the new guy is no weapons. So you want to start your new guy with no weapons available. Yeah. Like that, you know, it's, it's kind of like saying, you know, Hey, why don't you go run your first marathon? Um, we don't want to train for it first you know we we don't want to set you up that way just just go do it you're fresh um so so that that was weird to me if i say i get the running aspect of it but again if you start patio and you're struggling to throw it you could just bring todd in for a change of pace and that would be no problem i mean we see that you know think drew breeze with the saints and then yeah um go into the change of pace there that they frequently do and it's worked pretty well Again, that would have made more sense to me if you start patio and, you know, first two series, say they go three and out, bring Todd in for a third one, have a running series. It would probably completely throw Fresno and then you can bounce back and forth. And, you know, I don't generally love that in a game, but that is what makes sense to me if you don't have weapons of kind of piecemealing it together like that.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. Actually, I use the Taysom Hill comparison in my column, too, because it's just like one of those things there is a precedent there you know you, you it's not like we're saying the guy's awful he has no talent no athleticism never get him on the field it's just yeah
1: well i mean and steve adazio he coached national championships at florida where guess what multiple quarterbacks
0: true and a quarterback so, that wasn't that great at throwing the football
1: yeah so so obviously he's been part of teams who have done that and um i don't know it, it just didn't make sense the way it was done like say i um, I think both of us expected both quarterbacks to play, so that part wasn't surprising. But how it was done, because Patrick O'Brien, like you said, the time he played it, it didn't matter. I mean, the game was over. It um, made the score line a little better, and and certainly made you wonder a little bit. Um, you know, I don't put too much stock into that because obviously Fresno is playing soft defense then anyway. But but it's like, man, I mean, especially Patrick O'Brien and Trey McBride, that's a combo right there.
0: Well, they have that established connection, you know, like, and it, it really, at the end of the last season, it was starting to pay off for him. Trey had some pretty big games. I know they lost that Boise State game, but he played really well in it. I don't, I wonder how much of it went into just with Patrick missing time in camp, you know, maybe the New Mexico game. I think it would have made more sense if he missed the start, just given that we knew that he'd missed so much time. But based on what we saw, it really seemed like he was ready to go.
1: Yeah, no, I I think that's a great point. And I wondered that, but again, when when asked why the decision was made, Adazio didn't mention that at all. Um, He said it was all, you know, wanting the run game of Todd Santeo. So that didn't seem to be a factor. If that had been, you know, I could understand that. If he had, you know, missed a bunch of time, like you say, you know, especially New Mexico, um, if he was missing time right before that, I could see that, but he didn't... Yeah, you know, he didn't suggest that that was any part of the reason why why he went with Todd.
0: It's it's going to be interesting, and and you know we we're just kind of speculating based on what we know here. But if you had to guess, will it be Patrick starting under center against Wyoming?
1: Uh, obviously, guessing at this is tough right now. In my mind, it has to be Patrick O'Brien um, based on what we saw, but. Two things. One, if you go to Todd first and things go south again, like they did this week, I don't want to say you've ruined Todd because that's too dramatic, but you've sure really put him under a wave of, of negativity and scrutiny if, it, if a second game were to go sideways.
0: yeah.
1: Um, whereas, again, Patrick O'Brien um, has a little bit more standing with fans just because of what he's done. And I think especially because of how game one went, you can't just say, well, that was good enough. Let's do it again. Um, I think they're going to have to go to O'Brien. But again, this is where I say um, I feel really bad for Todd Santeo because um, he was not put in a great position. Now, uh, let's assume they go with O'Brien. In two weeks, he'll bench two quarterbacks, which um, kind of like I wrote, they, they create a problem that wasn't there.
0: I th- I, yeah, <laughs> perfectly put. The season is in full swing and the action is still unfolding, so head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so many storylines across both professional and collegiate sports, this is the time to check out all that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss out. To celebrate the showdown in Happy Valley, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when placing a bet on either Ohio State or Penn State. Additionally, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. And, you know, hey, if you're not a big college football better, that's okay. On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings is offering odds boosts every single Sunday to help you make it rain. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick Penn State or Ohio State and turn $1 into $100 if they win. That's right, turn $1 into $100 if they win using the promo code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match. Each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We we won't talk about it too much because we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the Wyoming game over the next week. But Wyoming looked pretty freaking dominant against Hawaii on Thursday night. The defensive line, Valaday running the ball. They really, I mean, they didn't look like they missed a beat at all, given that they lost their quarterback last week. You know, what was your impression of the Pokes in that game?
1: Yeah, I was impressed. Um, you know, we we talked early in this podcast about how, you know, unfortunately for, for fans, CSU looked like CSU of the past couple of years kind of the same but the opposite. Wyoming looked like Wyoming. They just beat the crap out of you. They know what they want to do and they're very physical. They're bullies. That's what Wyoming is. They're bullies. They continue to, you know, kind of beat you up until you quit and and that's what they did to, to Hawaii. You know, Hawaii kept hanging in, I honestly hung in longer than I thought, but then late they just broke and um that's just Wyoming. They're I like you said I I was curious to see how it would go with Chambers out, but offense look good, two good running backs, really, and they just keep coming at you, d-line pretty solid. Um, boy, never really got the offense going, so that is going to be a battle. It's like I say it's exactly what you expect of Wyoming.
0: I think that's probably what's going to make CSU fans feel the most nervous is not only you know, did you lose a very winnable game against New Mexico on the schedule. Now you dropped another winnable game. At least you were favored in the game. I, I'm not sure that spread was necessarily very accurate of what it should have been, but you win a, you lose a game that you're favored. Now you have a rivalry game in Wyoming, who looks pretty good. Then you got to go to Boise. I mean, this first month has just been a punch to the gut repeatedly. Yep,
1: and we all know again. Yeah, you know, the coaching staff is going to say, you know, it, it's new. We're one game in. This is just our second game. But for fans, we all know. I don't need to run through the rivalry numbers for everyone. Everyone knows them. So this week is pretty big because if you have another one, and a lot of these players have been involved in in a lot of those losses too. So um, there's a mental weight, mental baggage that comes with that. And you know, is that going to make them rise up and and break it, or or is it going to weigh on them? You know, we'll find out Thursday night, but. You know that's tough this this rivalry thing is definitely a thing
0: It's, it's going to be interesting because I could see a situation where, let's say CSU comes out and they look like a, a completely different team, kind of like you know Fresno State in week one versus week two. Does Adazio completely win everybody over again at that point? Are we all being too reactionary by one week, especially given you know how weird training camp was?
1: Yeah, and I've, I think a Wyoming win um, pretty much erases the Fresno game because of, like I say, that rivalry history. I think people would be pretty um, ready and willing to say, you know, 2020, all the weird prep, you know, just completely screwed everything up going into game one. You know, here's a free pass. You beat Wyoming. We're good to go. Um but on the flip side, lose to Wyoming. And yeah, it's a little unfair to the staff. It's only two games, but people will not be pleased.
0: So well, it's, I mean, it's, it's a result. you unfairly. Know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yep. And that's what, you know, someone asked me, do you just throw 2020 out? I said, no. I mean, uh, you're making more than a million dollars. It may not be fair because, you know, this is a very weird season, but if you're getting a paycheck, it, it counts.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because. That's one of the, if you watch, you know, any national college football thing, that's one of the things that gets talked up, up all the time, especially for teams that, you know, aren't necessarily championship contenders, you know, oh, just, you know, use it as a rebuilding, re- rebuilding year. Okay, well, tell that to the fans that have been waiting for football to be played. Tell that to your players that want to be competitive. I hate that mindset. I would be so scared to approach the season that way. What if, you know, it could, it could come back and bite you at the same way. Yes, you don't lose eligibility. But what if they decide to transfer because you took this lax approach? And guess what? They didn't lose any eligibility.
1: Yep, tell that to your boosters who are paying money. You know, it, yeah, I I get there are some asterisks, and you know, for this season, you know, not to go too far down this rabbit hole, but you know, if if it's an OK season, signs of progress, I think CSU fans will be fine. But you know, if it were to be a dumpster fire, and obviously, you know, it's way too early to say that that's going to happen, but. That's not okay. I mean, if, if you're playing, you play to win the games, I've
0: heard. <laughs> Hello, you play to win the game. Exactly. I need to
1: bring those those beer commercials back. Exactly. We've got some ideas here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, I don't want to take up too much of your time because it is Saturday morning and we've got college football coming up. But before you go here, I did want to ask you briefly just kind of about the running game and A'shawn Vivens. You're a Mullen guy. You kind of knew that, knew the roots. He played some running back in high school. I, I like the move. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting because when when people first heard that, you know, the announcers go, going, this is a guy who was a receiver last week. It's like, not of, really? I mean, yeah. and one, Adazio's told us that he had guys moving positions. And two, he has a background that, you know, honestly, Vivens and McElroy at Mullen for a time were kind of a one two punch. He was sort of a. Uh, you know a slashback he'd he'd line up as a receiver in the backfield do a lot of different things he actually had more rushes than receptions at mullen so he's a guy who who certainly can do it and honestly i he didn't get a ton of chances but i kind of liked the look of it he he's kind of a good mix of he has quickness but he's not you know he's not tiny he can break a tackle yeah um so so I'm pretty intrigued by that because they you know for Shoot, really? Since Dalen Dawkins, they haven't found a, a number one back. Um, I'm not saying Vivens is going to be that, but they need to keep trying to find something because they just don't have that. And like you say, you know, Adazio, you know, wants to lean on the run game, so you need someone that can run the ball. And um, so I'll be interested to see if he gets more carries. They have a lot of backs, but none of them, besides McElroy, have really had tons of chances. Um, so I'm interested to see if Vivens gets more, if Christian Hire might get more, if if anyone else might get in the mix because um, they got to find someone. But I'm intrigued by Vivens. I kind of like it, and, and you know he he's never broken into the receiving core really. Um, and now with Dante and Ty back, um, I don't think he will. So so why not? I like it. Give it a shot.
0: I agree, and you know maybe. He does have the hands, so you know you can design screens. He's quick. He yep. can kind of hide behind blockers. That he's not the biggest dude in the world. He's a obviously a tremendous person off of the field. So I'm I'm excited to see him get an opportunity finally.
1: Yep, definitely. I, I like it. It's a it's a way of finding a, a spot for a good athlete on the field because I think a lot of times you have guys that you like but they're stuck behind guys who are a little better at their position. I think sometimes like ah oh, darn like. He's in the wrong position. It's like, well, let's find him a new one. Like, get your best players on the field. Kind of high school style. Get your best players on the field somehow.
0: Hey, I like it. And even Adazio kind of said that, you know, he's like, you know, we've we've honestly done some things that we probably wouldn't have been willing to try in a normal season, and some of them are working out. And I think Vivens is probably, you know, one of the people he was referring.
1: Yep, I think that was the most obvious example of it. And, and yeah, like I say, who knows, maybe it won't end up paying off but i think early signs were that it's at least worth a shot
0: last thing i want to ask you here are you a halloween guy no not
1: at all i knew it we're we're this why we we we're friends i've been well probably college ish time was coerced into some dressing up by certain people of the other sex um (laughs) But no, I mean, I, as a kid, I kind of quit doing it pretty early. Um, not to be a total, total Debbie Downer, but I will have my lights off so that no one thinks that I'm handing out candy tonight. Um, so yeah, I'm that guy. I'm sorry, everyone. I know it's not great. And also, candy corn is absolute trash. Do not eat it. What about black licorice? Nope. Trash. Gone. I love like regular licorice, but black licorice, no, that's garbage.
0: what's your favorite halloween candy
1: i do love reese's um classic but reese's is just
0: kind of like a candy you get all the time you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah and you know i love skittles i don't know if you'd really call Skittles like halloween candy but as far as just like candy i love skittles um but yeah reese's is probably more like halloweeny although it's not really halloween but well i'm going with that
0: Awesome man. Well, I don't like Halloween either, but happy Halloween nonetheless. Enjoy your day <laughs> watching college football. And you know, thanks for doing this. And it's gonna be be a weird year. We talk a lot digitally now, but I guess we're just kind of getting used to it.
1: Yep, strange times, but at least we have this to talk about. Exactly. All right, thanks, brother. Thank you.
0: One last thank you to Kevin Lytle for joining me on the podcast. Always good to get his perspective, one of my mentors slash friends. I mean, he's you know younger than than some of the other guys at the older papers, so it's fun. You know, he gets along really well with me and Eddie hers and Eddie and I obviously came up together at the Collegian, so it's a really fun beat. I I really enjoy working with all these guys, Eddie, Kevin, Kelly, you know, Mike Brohard over at CSU Athletics. It's a, it's a good group. Even even the guys that aren't here all the time, Terry Fry joins in sometimes. Um, I will say, uh, a little disappointed in in. How little the uh, the CSU Collegian has been around this year. I don't know what the deal is if it's just because they're uh, not in a normal year or what, but it's been it's been odd. They haven't really been around. So uh, if there's you know student media people out there looking for opportunities or advice or whatever, reach out to me. I, I promise you, those those experiences that you get at the Collegian or CTV or KCSU, whatever it may be, internships. That's the stuff that gets you hired. School matters, I'm not saying it doesn't. I was not a good student by any means, but I've uh it's, it's never come up in any job interview. So I, I just hope that they're around cuz I think that the Collegian is an awesome awesome resource for students on campus and I think it's a great way for, you know, up-and-coming journalists to get their starts. How I got my starts, how Kevin Lytle got his starts, how Eddie Hers got his start. So the the proof is there. It that's all I'm saying. Uh, Before I go, I'm going to give everybody my DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. And I'm not even going to lie to you guys. I've been on a cold streak when it comes to national college football betting. Um, Just missing overs and unders all over the place, barely. Spreads barely. I've, I, I always go for the parlays. I've talked about this so many times and a lot of times they kill me, but I love them and they're fun and you can get some good value if you combine some stuff. So for my DraftKings pick of the week, I am going with Boise State minus 14 favorites at Air Force and I'm going to parlay that with the over 63 and a half in the Mississippi State Alabama game that that game seems like it's just destined for big points. Uh, you know, assuming nothing wonky happens, I think Alabama's probably putting at least 40 on the board. You get a couple touchdowns from Mississippi State as well, which you would assume from a Mike Leach team you will. That that over seems very, very attainable in my opinion. So that's what I'm going with. Really enjoying watching all these games. That's the one benefit to CSU playing on Thursdays over these next couple of weeks is, you know, we all get to watch the games on Saturday still. And I kind of love that. So I have no problem with the Thursday night games. I've decided let's let's keep them coming. And uh, we'll be back. Obviously, tons of content coming up with Wyoming and the border war and i'm looking forward to it so stay safe out there happy halloween y'all wash your hands wear a mask stay socially distanced and maybe just enjoy a little football It'll be fine, though. We'll word peace I only seem to write when the words they don't come to me I'm staring at this page and I swear it stares back at me Read between the lines, see the blank and all the happenings It's been 35 and I ain't even wrote like half a thing Rhymes that make sense but more lines that didn't I was walking with my headphones, heavy bumping and pivot Simplistic white pages, they dreaming we were famous They say they like the cadence, mark the summers like cicadas it features those ain't favors my mood rings an alligator spit like vader with the saber steady kicking it like prater staring at white paper it's habitual behavior check the flavor that's some sage advice but confidence a great disguise and certain lines are idolized like yeah i'm fine. and i don't mind it's out of sight it's out of mind and i've been dwelling on my past just to see what i can find lost and found memories of places i designed in my imagination's different now, but i swear that